0: Well, we've treated a number of breast cancers. Uh, We've treated some thyroid cancer. Uh, Because I specialize in thyroid uh, disorders, we tend to get some folks who've had uh, history of, uh, previous history of thyroid cancer uh, and thyroidectomies, radiation, ablations. We've treated um, a fair amount of breast cancer, uh, some colorectal cancers. Um, We had a couple of folks come to our clinic uh, one with uh, pancreatic cancer, well, actually two, two ladies with pancreatic cancer. One was fairly young in her uh, early 50s. The other was a woman in her approaching 70. But because they came to us late, you know, a lot of times folks don't realize they have options. They go to conventional mainstream medicine and they get put on the regular uh, practice guideline rec- you know, recommendations for oncology. And they don't realize there are other options like LDN and metformin and, and some of the nutraceuticals that we use. So, these two uh, uh, patients that came into the practice had late stage pancreatic um, cancer. And unfortunately, they, they both uh, expired. Um, and um, that was unfortunate. I think, had we got a hold of them earlier, may have made an impact. But, you know, a lot of times people come to us. In the final stages uh, with with um, the prognosis of they have maybe two or three months to live, and they get very desperate, and then they start seeking out uh, centers like us to help them, you know, as a last last ditch effort, and it's not always uh, successful that late stage.
1: Hearing the diagnosis, you've got panther is devastating. Um, I was there with my mother um, when she was told but uh, she had lots of other problems and, and there was nothing they could do. But, you know, if you're a young person and you've still been told you've been diagnosed with cancer, it's still really hard to take. And then if you're offered all these things that you probably haven't had to learn about, investigate, You know, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, people have heard of them. What do they actually do to you? When you have an expert oncologist who deals with cancer in the Western style, telling you these are the treatments you need, it must be quite difficult to say, wait a minute, I would like to try something else, something that they don't know about, um, don't necessarily believe in uh, to to go against them. So what I'm trying (laughs) trying to get to here, if somebody is diagnosed with cancer and they feel that the traditional medicine route is not um, possibly the route they want to take, how is the best way to go down the more natural alternative route What
0: what would you say? So while oncology is not my main focus and my main specialty, I do work with traditional oncology. Uh, I currently have a patient uh, who I just saw recently within the last month for a follow-up. So she and her husband uh, came to my office initially. They had been diagnosed uh, with breast cancer, and oncology wanted to do um, some chemotherapy and radiation. Uh, and also maybe some hormone therapy, like tamoxifen or something similar to that. And they came to me for uh, other opinion, and I basically told them, I said, well, maybe you need to get a second opinion from an on other oncology group just to make sure that the recommendations are the same, because they were recommending uh, a course of chemo called AC, and their second opinion uh, doctors mentioned something called ACT. Different sort of a combination of chemotherapy. Now these two, these two, this couple, they were kind of hell bent on doing the conventional uh, chemo, so that wasn't anything that they were going to exclude completely. They wanted to embrace it, but they wanted to make sure they were getting the right regimen. So um, I started again. I started them on LDN. I started them, and the only time we broke. The LDN was when she went in for surgery because we, we figured they would use um, opioid analgesics postoperatively. So we didn't want it to be blocked. So she was only off of it for a few days. She resumed it. She was on hinocchiol. She was on uh, higher doses of melatonin and metformin also. So she maintained that with me, but she decided to go on and, and have chemo. So really this, the, the this, the next time I saw them was almost six to eight months later because they had gone through the, the surgery. She had a bilateral mastectomy, then followed by chemotherapy. She did some, have some ax, axillary nodes that were positive, so they uh, they did a uh, you know a major surgery uh, followed by several rounds of chemo. So I only saw her after that was all finished. I mean, her hair was her hair had fallen out, so her hair. But we discussed that uh, situation. And actually, they went and had a third opinion. So uh, after they left my office, I recommended a second opinion by a different oncologist. But they went further and went out of state to a big, uh, I think it may have been MD Anderson. And they got a third opinion from a, a fellow who had published a lot of material. And that was the tiebreaker for them to choose ACT versus AC alone. Uh, so at least I gave him credit for, for doing their homework. They were very diligent about uh, doing their homework. He was an engineer, very meticulous about fact-finding. Uh, but they also understood the utility of the other side, the more alternative treatments uh, like LDN. So they are planning on staying on the LDN and foregoing any of the uh, therapies, of uh, hormonal therapies. mm mm-hmm. Uh, because her, t- her tumor markers did not pan out for uh, use of those, actually. So um, we decided to be more conservative and not use those things that could maybe change her mood um, and, and set her up for osteoporosis and a few other things. So we decided to kind of lean more post-surgery, post-chemo on LDN um, than on any other the other pharmaceuticals.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean- again, just... It, it doesn't have to be Western medicine or alternative. They can actually, you know, work together, but you need to find an oncologist that's prepared and open-minded to use these right. um, other therapies. I don't know whether right. you've listened to um, Dr Akbar Khan um, talking about treating cancer patients. He always treats it from every angle, you know, whatever you can throw at it to get the patient to the other side of being cancer-free, you know, he right. will explore every avenue. And I think, what have you got to lose, you know, by trying right. everything? So,
0: exactly. And I've, I've heard uh,
1: uh, Akbar
0: uh, Khan talk a number of times. He's a great, great guy. He gives great lectures on uh, LDN and cancer therapy. But I agree with him. I think I'm of the same mindset in that they're not mutually exclusive. You don't have to pick one or the other. You don't have to turn your back on some of what functional medicine and integrative medicine offer uh, to go with the mainstream medical uh, oncology. I think it's it's silly not to use both. Um, I never discourage someone. I, I will never bring someone into my practice and say, oh, no, don't do this, don't do that, only do this with me. Um, I, I will tell them to do their research and their homework on hormone therapy uh, on radiation because there's so much collateral damage with radiation. And even with some of the chemotherapeutic agents, I mean, that can make somebody a cardiac invalid with the destruction of uh, myocardium. And uh, so they have to realize they have to be educated. There should be a good, good bit of informed consent before they just you know go, go that way. Uh, and they may find out by maybe not jumping uh, the gun. Uh, we see a lot of this when the diagnosis is first made, especially with breast cancer um, or uh, prostate cancer. And I've, I've had a couple of cases of prostate cancer as well that worked out well with LDN. But the thing is, oncology in West in the West, especially in the United States, they want to make a commitment. So you get the biopsy report, and then they tell people, well, you need to make a decision in four days. We mm-hmm. want to get it in four days. I'm like, four days? I mean, we're talking about a slow-growing breast cancer. Uh, you don't need to make a, a life-changing decision in four days, but there seems to be this urgency to get them committed and locked in, um, and, you know, for maybe obvious reasons. So I like to take things a little bit slower and say, well, let's give this therapy, let's give the LDN a chance, and maybe the tumor will shrink down where you won't need to go through rounds and rounds of chemo. Uh, but Again, they're not mutually exclusive. Like the uh, third patient I talked about, she and her husband decided to go the route of uh, of chemo, but not going full on with the post operative treatment with the uh, hormone um, therapy because they read so much, so many bad things about it. Uh, so I was able to steer them in a direction that would protect them without having to use those other um, agents that they were maybe concerned about.
1: In your experience from the patients you've treated, how long would you say it takes LDN to start working? I know um, it's like how long's a piece of string. It's a tricky yeah, question.
0: It's it's really patient-dependent. Um, I've had I've had some people that are non-responders to LDN, or they, it didn't work as I had envisioned it to. And then I had folks like uh, like NM and FR who had remarkably quick responses to LDN, which was quite amazing. So um, I never promise anybody anything. I try to rapidly increase the titration. I don't, I don't take, I usually take my time in other circumstances by increasing by one milligram every four weeks until I get to the desired dose. Uh, but with oncology patients, sometimes it's that once every week or every two weeks, I'll increase the dose you know, starting at one milligram up to usually four and a half. Um, I tell people to be patient with it. I tell people do not expect a miraculous turnaround in a week's time while you're on LDN. Um, And and I know this is off subject, but it might be appropriate for this time dealing with COVID uh, infections. Um, I use LDN in COVID prophylaxis on patients, but In the acute setting, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I just tested positive for the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus, Uh, can I get on LDN? I'm like, well, I mean, you can, but don't expect it to work immediately. Um, It's, I think, a good tool to use, uh, along with the nutraceutical bundle, uh, like the zinc and quercetin and uh, higher doses of vitamin C and D. Uh, Along with that, so the Patients who of mine who are already on LDN for other autoimmune reasons have the benefit of this as a prophylaxis for coming down with this virus. Um, but uh, again, I, I don't know, I don't have any data to say that, well, if we put put them on it on day one where they were infected, uh, it, is, it, how, how effective is that going to be in the very short course? I don't know that it, it would be, so um, I'm not inclined to uh, write an acute prescription for just like say two weeks of LDN Uh, but if they're already on it they do I think they do benefit
1: well that's been really interesting we'll leave it there and we'll uh, have you back uh, another time and you can share some more experience with us
0: very good thank you Lynn it's always a pleasure
1: okay thank you bye 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 This show is sponsored by our members who made donations. We'd like to give them a very big thank you. We have to cover the monthly costs of the radio station's software, bandwidth, phone lines and phone calls to be able to continue with the radio show. And thank you for listening. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, l-i-n-d-a, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.